Hello everyone, Jason, your producer here. Before we kick off the episode, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has donated to our fundraiser supporting the NAACP Empowerment Programs. It means a lot to us that you're willing to give for such a great cause. And please remember as we move forward that it's up to us to amplify black voices and black creators in our community, so let's keep that momentum going. Thanks again to Willie Abiel for allowing us to play in his world for a bit. If you don't have a copy of his Book of House, I highly recommend it. You can find it on the DMs guild we'll make sure that we post the links to all of that stuff i originally produced this episode and the outro back when all of this started happening at the beginning of june depending on when you're listening to this it may seem a little outdated but i think that the larger point still stands black lives matter and it's up to us to make systemic change in our society so let's do that thanks for your patience and thanks for listening They call it the City of Splendors, Crown of the North. I've said it before and I'll say it again. This case just keeps getting more and more strange by the moment. In the investigation into the 300-year-old murder of Duke Moritan to find out who turned him into a vampire, we've uncovered an undead construct possessed by the incorporeal spirit of a bartender who is also a low-level priest in a cult to kill Kelimvor. I'd say I'm not sure I want to know what's coming next, but that's what detectives do, right? So yeah, the folks in the castle ward call it the City of Splendors. But to everyone else, it's still just water deep. Okay, welcome to this episode of Adventure They Wrote, Episode 7. When we last left off, our adventurers in the bar having just bested the the cult members uh, there as well as a giant corpse monstrosity in the streets of Waterdeep with the help of one Catra Jade Buckle. They've completed their investigation of the secret laboratory beneath the bar and upon entering the, the tap room itself, they see a shadowy figure in the doorway. And Casper the ghost, uh, having been consumed by Doran and living inside of his psyche now, because that's happening, <laughs> uh, <laughs> informs them that this is the nefarious Dusk Man, the, the person that has been instilling so much terror in him. And now we start episode seven at the offices of the Waterdeep Detective Agency. Our heroes exhausted, laid out amongst the furniture in the office. We're we're jumping ahead. This is ahead. This is after everything that's gone wrong in the bar. So here's what I want you guys to do. You're going to tell me what your character looks like now sitting in the office give me some specifics give me the black eye give me the loose tooth but you're not going to tell me how that happened the next person is going to tell me how that happened what you're going to tell me is what your character did what Celine did what Max did what Doran did in the bar when the dusk man appeared and how you got back to the offices of the Waterdeep Detective Agency. And we're going to start with Celine. Celine, how did you react? What do you what is Celine experiencing now 
and what did you do when you first saw the Dusk Man? So Celine is sitting on the couch in the office. She's kind of kicking her leg back and forth. She's looking at her hands, which are pretty torn up, um, kind of picking at her nails a little bit, looking at the, the cuts on them. Uh, she um, might have taken something from the uh, laboratory downstairs, and she used it against the Duskman. So some sort of mysterious magic object yes. in the laboratory? How did she use it against the Duskman? What happened? As he came into the door, she turned around. She saw the, the shadowy figure that everybody else had. Uh, she could see that Doran seemed a little off, maybe scared. I don't know if Casper might have given him a hint, but she knew he wasn't good. So she had taken one of the potions that she was going to try to look at when we got back to the office. But instead, she took it out and she drank it. Okay, so Celine drinks a random magical potion found in the laboratory of question mark, some sort of necromancer in the the South Ward. Yep, she prayed to Levistus, <laughs> as she usually does. That's pretty. That feels very much in line with Celine too. <laughs> Which brings us to Doran. Now, Doran has the inside track. Doran knows that this is the Duskman. Or knew, rather, that this was the Duskman. He has Casper's voice in his head prompting, prompting him on. So, Doran, you have to tell me how you responded to the appearance of the Duskman, as well as how Celine's hands became so ripped up. Okay, so Doran got two shocks of fear because... Casper was shockingly, shockingly afraid of the Dusk Man. And that guy's creepy anyways. And then Talia drinks this potion, which he had a conversation with Casper before about not drinking those potions. <laughs> uh, and so, so... So Celine drinks the potion and, and Doran sees the Dusk Man. He sees her drink the potion and he, he freaks out and he tries to to get the hell out of there. But the Dustman's in the door, so he doesn't know where to go. And Celine's what? Starting on fire? Yeah. Celine's on fire. <laughs> and so he just initially he just panics. Because he's he's freaked out anyways. Uh, and Casper's not helping. Uh, and then he decides to try to take the Dustman on face to face. But he doesn't have any uh, more wild shapes left. And so he's, um, I think he's in bad shape. I'm guessing the Dustman is very strong. So he tries to, he tries to claw through the Dustman like a rat in a cage clawing through a, a man's chest. It's a very colorful analogy. <laughs> very Undoran-like. <laughs> so Doran's desperate clawing, his attempt to tunnel through the, the Dustman. That brings us to Ledger. Ledger, at this point out of barbarian rages a bit tapped for the evening you might say uh he also he's been on watch in the bar so he's gotten the chance to kind of scope it out he understands these surroundings uh he turns he sees 
the dusk man in the doorway. And while Doran has his freak out moment and attempts to tunnel through the dusk man, and Celine appears to drink a potion that lights her on fire, what does Ledger do? Ledger's behind the bar and is witnessing this scene unfold and is desperately trying to psych himself up to you know sort of initiate uh, initiate combat if you will with with the duskman which isn't really in his current state of nature so he starts by kind of just you know having a little bit of a panic attack and muttering to himself under his breath you you can do this you can do this just get out from behind the bar you can do this and then he starts slapping himself in the face trying to you know sort of kick in this instinctive nature that he's used to having come really naturally when uh, when situations like this arise and he's just not able to to get into that mode uh, so what he tries next is to just start drinking whiskey straight from the bottle in hopes that 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 might sort of snap him into uh, you know, the sort of combative rage that he's accustomed to, uh, which leaves him as he makes his attempt to rush forward with his longsword um, a bit stumbly. And um, so where he is now in the detective agency is... Um, with Hector on his right shoulder and him nursing a gigantic lump of a wound on his forehead and not really knowing a lot about what happened uh, after he drank that whiskey and charged forward. I'm going to reference very quickly the Jackie Chan classic Legend of the Drunken Master and then move on (laughs) to Max. Excellent, by the way. (laughs) So Max. Yes. As the leader of the group, the detective (laughs) of the Waterdeep Detective Agency, you have just witnessed one of your detectives drink a potion that started her on fire. One of your detectives bum rush this figure and claw at him like a manic gerbil. And one of your detectives consume a bottle of what you hope is whiskey before charging in at the same character. Now you get to tell me how Max responded to these circumstances. Well, um, so Max is Max is in the office. He's sitting on the desk, uh, feet above the floor, and he's holding his rapier, which is now... Uh, missing the front I don't know six eight inches of it which has been snapped off somehow um, and he's just kind of looking at it like how how did that happen and um, he's got uh, some singes on the ears and uh, his armor is a little a little worse for wear and uh, what he remembers is seeing Doran and Ledger both bum rush this figure and both go flying. Ledger hitting his head on the wall and Doran flying over next to Celine, who is on fire. 
That's what that's what Max remembers. Okay, so we're going to tie this whole story together. We're going to tell we're going to explain what happened in the bar and how it brought you all back to the office in the states that you are in. So the this this figure the dusk man, he enters the bar. He has a moment to take all of you in before Celine drinks her potion, before Doran rushes him. I, I can't think of a better analogy than like a manic gerbil. It fits with the gnome. It fits with the, the druid. That's it's what I was just, going for. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, and um, almost as confoundingly, uh, the well-put-together figure behind the bar popping the cork on a bottle, downing the most of the contents, and also rushing in. Uh, now, the Duskman is a formidable foe, and so he's able to slap aside Doran and Ledger with relative ease, sending them flying back towards Max, um, who attempts to cushion their fall, uh, but is a goblin, and therefore much smaller than Ledger. Uh, And his sword gets stuck between the legs of a chair and a table. And as he falls, it snaps six inches of the sword off the blade. uh, And he has time to exclaim, Oh no! As Ledger's... (laughs) That sounds just like him. (laughs) Oh no! As Ledger's mass uh, falls on him and knocks him unconscious. Um, the Duskman is about to finish the job moments before a screaming Celine rushes out of the bar ablaze, uh, and that fire seems to scare him off. He uh, he Frankenstein uh, Frankenstein's monsters. That's really difficult to say. Frankenstein's <laughs> monster, the, the fire bad. He does one of those and. runs away from it as Celine hits the the gutter and rolls around in the gutter to put out the the flames that are consuming her demon flesh before she remembers that she has resistance to fire and it's it's really not that bad um and then uh she's able to rouse Doran and Ledger and Max and together you all trudge back to the offices um, to reconvene, collect your thoughts, and discuss the direction of the case. Hey, 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 guys! Um, that was that was pretty weird, and um, you know, I just wanted to let you guys. Hey, hey, you guys! Hey, I just wanted to let you know. I just wanted to let all of you know. I love you guys. <laughs> Drunken concussed ledger. <laughs> I love you too, buddy. No, no, I'm not drunk. I am not. It's just the concussion. <laughs> I think ledger needs a long rest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think I think we all do. And a lot of water. Oh, ledger. We all love you too. You you should probably sit down though. And then she she pulls over some some tea and and a chair and tries to get him to sit down. Ledger kind of falls into the chair which 
you know, Hector's on his shoulder. So Hector, like, grips really tight and kind of bites into his arm to make sure that, that he stays on. Uh, but, yeah, they're able to, to sit down and, and Ledger's just kind of, like, nodding off a little bit and every so often just sort of reacts like, oh, yeah, I'm still here, sure. I'm up. So Doran, Doran is nursing a, a bruised hip from being cast aside by the dusk man and he'll he'll just say well my best friend told me that was the dust man who what is a dusk man yeah Dor- Dorn will psychically put his arm around Casper's shoulder be like hey buddy <laughs> uh, why don't I tell everybody who it is and let him use the minor illusion thing to maybe shine a little bit of light on the dusk man yeah what did we call it celestial bluetooth <laughs> yeah <laughs> the celestial bluetooth speaker um okay so casper is he feels like because you've been exposed to the dusk man now um he is less terrified of telling you he's almost resigned to this at this point like there's no getting away from him he knows who you are so he might as well his fate is sealed brad you're getting all of that psychically or telepathically or however empathetically however Casper is conveying these things to you I think we're in untread ground here I don't know how often people have eaten ghosts in Dungeons and Dragons so there's not like a rule for it I think there's one of those second edition books that's like the complete guide <laughs> to the complete guide to an eating, eating ghost <laughs> If you review table 84. Yes. Table 84, the complete guide to consumed and psychically imprisoned spirits. <laughs> I, I actually found it on my shelf. It's the complete book of demonic possession has a chapter about this. It's not a whole book, <laughs> but it is in there. That makes more sense. Okay. Um, Casper conveys that they called him the dusk man because that's when this figure would appear at the bar every night around dusk. He would show up and head down into that secret laboratory um, and they would hear all sorts of crazy noises from down there and he doesn't know what he was doing down there but he knows that that's where the bodies were delivered and that's where the um, flesh golem was that Casper was able to possess to fight you guys when his body was killed. How... I have to know, like, how did that happen? Like, is this a break in case of emergency sort of thing? Did they tell you that this was going to happen? Did it just kind of automatically happen? Did you choose to go into the flesh golem? How did that happen? I love your, like, break in case of emergency thing. (laughs) (laughs) The the plan for that, like, should some detectives come in, discover your... Discover your cult cell and kill you. Then Casper, well, he Casper, killed himself. <laughs> he he jammed the knife into his own heart. Yes. Yeah. So Casper says that for even for middling priests in the eternal dawn, like himself, the veil between life and death has become permeable and they're able to do things like possess these creatures and like, potentially with more power raise them on their own and manipulate the undead themselves 
that's a that's a possibility for them in his desperation he realized that the only option he had was that flesh golem down there that was not specifically for him that was something that was happening over his head but he knew about it and so that he he knew he could use it to attempt to get away from you guys oh so that wasn't even your ship to be piloting. Wow. No wonder you were so terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's okay, buddy. Brad, I love that he's Doran's best friend now. I mean, if you're in someone's head, you have to be their best friend, so. Ledger perks up when he says, uh, like, oh yeah, that, that reminds me of the time when I took Gruckin's horse. And I, um, yeah, his horse. Casper from within, within Doran's head says, yeah, that sounds like the same thing. Selena <laughs> <laughs> is going to ask Casper, but why would you try to possess something if you knew even how scary that guy was? I mean, the stuff that I saw down there, even I was afraid of it. I mean, I don't know... <laughs> what could possess you to do something so foolish? Oh my god, you guys. Talia coming out like as a strong contender for best pun of the season. <laughs> oh, it's uh, give us time. Yeah. <laughs> that this is, is that, episode yeah. seven. That's officially a challenge. That was great. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I mean, clearly he's not that good at it. He's trapped now. <laughs> I I especially loved how much she enjoyed it. You could hear it in her voice. I hope people go back. Like she realized she was gonna say it, and that glee was already like <laughs> bubbling up out of her as she said it. Oh, super good. Okay. You're welcome. Ah! <laughs> he says, uh, you know, you, you make questionable decisions when you've got four angry adventuring detectives ready to come down on you. Tell me about it. You join the agency, obviously. <laughs> yeah, Ka- Casper. Casper uses Doran's eyes to look at <laughs> to look at Ledger with like a what? What are you talking about? Face. <laughs> what do you mean? Tell you about it? You're one of them. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Sure, sure. So Casper, even if it was dire, I still. If you were in that bar normally, how were you not aware of what was going on down there? I mean, I could see necromancy spells all over that room. You had to have known something was going on. Oh yeah, he knew he knew mostly what was up. Casper says, "Yeah, I I knew what was going on. I belong to a cult trying to kill the god." <laughs> <laughs> that protects the balance between life and death. Like that stuff, you said that stuff was scary to you. That's Tuesday for me, man. Like that's, I'm good whoa, with whoa, all whoa. that. That's whoa, fine. Whoa, whoa. That's listen, messed up. Listen, I'm a half <laughs> demon. I don't, I don't think you understand. Like 
I praise Levistus on a regular basis. We're not we're not competing here. This is really all about the fact that you have very poor decision making skills. Casper I just don't says, understand. Casper says, at least we can agree. This is not a competition. And then he looks you up and down like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In Doran eyes. <laughs> Hey, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) She sighs, like, very aggressively. (sighs) An aggressive sigh. So how do we... Do we want to capture the dust man? Dusk man? Well, I think... I think the thing that we need to figure out is how this cult, the cult of the eternal dawn, or whatever you guys call yourselves, how they relate to our actual case which is finding out who murdered Duke Moritan we started snooping around this cult came after us so I you know it it feels like it might be too easy to ask this bartender if he knows what the cult is uh, what interest the cult has in Duke Moritan Well, I mean, he is an undead creature, and if they want to make more undead creatures, killing the god might be a motivator. That would be a real simple ending to the adventure. Yep, we figured it out. (laughs) The cult did it because they like undead people. Well, I mean, no, the cult came after us, but we we still don't know who murdered him 300 years ago. You know, like, how long has this cult been around? The... You know. So I guess first things first, the first question that Max, the goblin detective, has is what interest does the cult have in Duke Moritan so that they would send a revenant, an undead shell of a person to come kill us while we are doing research? And this question is directed towards Casper. Yes, yes. He, he's like, I don't know. <laughs> he's like, look, I just, I get my orders and I carry them out. We got my order, knew this jerky blacksmith, killed him, turned him into a revenant, sent him after you. Um, who did you get your orders from? He says they came in a, they came in a sealed envelope uh, with the last shipment of bodies that we got. What was the seal on the envelope? He says, uh, there was no seal. Brad, roll a insight check. Okay. 11. Okay, so we're gonna do your insight check a little bit differently than we would normally do an insight check. I think normally an insight check would be something along the lines of you realize that he's lying. Um, but what you're actually able to do is psychically or telepathically or empathetically or however this works, you're picking out sort of pieces of the seal from his psyche. And you can you can almost see them, you can almost put them together like a puzzle in your mind, mm. but you're not quite able to. Doran will jot down what he can think of from it and just see what he can get out on a piece of paper. Like do some little sketches? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I know this whole town. What what other what other buildings are is this cult in? Uh, Casper gets real animated 
inside your head. And that's not a joke. That's not a Casper the Friendly Joke uh, ghost. Uh, it's not a reference to those cartoons. He gets real excited in your head. <clears throat> and he's like, we're everywhere. You can't stop us. We're in your grocery stores. We're in your... Uh, your libraries we're in your churches where you'll never see us you'll never see us coming until it's too late whoa calm down there buddy i think that the dust dusk man it must be a higher up in their order right so if we could capture him do our customary high level interrogation we could find out something really useful. We know where he's going to be every night. Our customary high-level interrogation is melting people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Well, we do need a new technique, so... I think Celine would go over to Doran and kind of look over his shoulder as he's drawing and realize that it's odd that he's drawing some kind of seal-like shape. And she'll ask Casper... So, it seems that you're pretty good at this body jumping thing. Was the bartender your original body? He says, yes. And you really don't need an insight check to realize that that's <laughs> not the truth. Yeah. Great question, Talia. Oh, you see, now Doran's way convinced he's doing the right thing. well Casper listen I mean necromancy is not the safest thing to dabble in and she'll take uh, Skitter out of the drawer and just kind of pet him a little bit and I, I happen to know that it's not always bad she's petting him Sort of like the evil, you know, characters with their cat. The Bond villain. A little, yeah. yeah, little yes. lizard. A little undead lizard. She, she asks Casper, okay, I get it. It's probably really useful if you're working on this whole killing a god that can control the balance between life and death, because it, it probably makes it a little easier for you, and it clearly is something that you've done more than you're admitting. So why do you care so much about other undead creatures? I mean, did Duke Moraton stop something that you were trying to do or get in your way at some point? I mean, it seems pretty inconsequential that he's a part of this. Casper says uh, I I know who Duke Moraton is and I know what he is, but he actually has nothing to do with what we're doing. We uh, tried to get him into the social club of the Eternal Dawn um, because we're not a cult or social club. <laughs> uh, but he said no, he didn't want to do it. And so we said, that's fine. You can join up later once we've accomplished what we're going to accomplish. But he's not a part of what they're doing right now. But ostensibly, I mean, these guys sent the Revenant to kill us, right? Yes, and uh, Max specifically, I'll point so out. So what's your beef against Max then? Shrugs again. He says, I don't know. Like I said, the, I got the instructions. They came uh, with the, the last shipment of bodies and we raised the, the blacksmith. Selene is super suspicious now because she doesn't trust most of what he's telling them. 
He clearly knows more of where the orders came from. So I think her next question will relate to the deck of many things, if you'll allow it. Uh, Yeah, you can ask whatever you want. So, Casper, our friend Max here, he... Max raises an eyebrow. At one point, he pulled a card out of the deck of many things. How much does your cult dabble in the deck of many things? He gives whatever the Waterdeep equivalent of you must be out of your damn mind. Uh... He, like, we would never touch the deck of many things. I think it's crazy. So, you're telling me, you would try to kill a god, but you wouldn't play with a deck of cards. He's like, I wouldn't play with that deck of cards. I know a guy who's a goat because of the deck of many things. He's a goat now. He still talks, he still wears clothes, but he's a goat. Just got my next character inspiration. (laughs) Doran could be that character. You could just turn into yeah. a goat. And <laughs> clothes. What are you talking Wearing, about? Wearing like a suit. Yeah. <laughs> Selena's going to turn around and just look at everyone. You know, she looks at Ledger. He's clearly not doing super well right now. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah you're definitely fine, buddy. Um, I think maybe we should take a long rest, but... Maybe we should take Casper to the City of the Dead. It seems like a lot of this has to do with death. It might be our best lead. Max uh, thinks thinks this over. And um, as Max is thinking about this, um, Fletch, are from our investigation of the laboratory below the bar... Um, did we find anything that would look like instructions or um, the remnants of an envelope with a seal that would have had instructions? Any of the stuff that Casper through Doran has been telling us, did we find any inkling of that in our investigation? No. Um, But that's not to say that he didn't receive it and then destroy it Mission Impossible style. Right. I just wanted I wanted to see if there was anything that we had in our like in the stuff that we brought back from our investigation if it was there so that we could look at it. Actually, yeah, let's have everyone roll a quick insight check. Now that you're back, you've you've reviewed some of the items, you're uh, you know, back to kind of detective mode from adventurer mode. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I think that uh, Ledger's going to roll that insight check with disadvantage. Yeah, probably a good idea. Celine got a nine. Uh, Max got a 15 on the dice, so 22. Nice. Uh, Ledger is nine. (laughs) Doran, what did you get? Uh, 10. And I'd like to also point out, we have that coded book that presumably would belong to the Dustman as well. Yeah. Right. Um, so uh, the rest of you are enjoying the pretty collection of documents and papers that you've retrieved uh, and admiring the penmanship of whoever wrote them. While Max, you realize that one clue that you haven't discussed quite as much is the, um, the strange order forms that talk about the bodies um, and th- the fact that they're cataloging and tracking these bodies and and when and where these bodies come in 
Okay. Uh, I remember that they they were listed by weight. Um, it was it was less uh, this person that person. It was just this much weight, this much weight, this much weight coming in. Um, does that have any correlation to anything that we know about or have seen already? Without metagaming too much, I think the the 22 insight and Max's what we'll just call passive investigation score of 150. It's it's 24. <laughs> Thank you. 24 <laughs> passive. There is a strong and interesting correlation between the fact that these bodies are cataloged and ordered in and the fact that these the instructions came in with the order of bodies. So did they need a goblin body or like so was it the fact that I'm just I just happen to be a goblin that they know about? Yeah, they must have a source that they're getting it from, and people don't just... I mean, some people just disappear, but eventually somebody starts noticing, right? Yeah, so do we have any sort... Is there any sort of uh, nomenclature about where they would have come from? Is that part... Is there anything like that in the code that we could try to break? We could just investigate, like, morgues if we wanted to, right? Well, this is something that Celine would know. Um, because she's Celine, there is only one morgue in the South Ward. Well, uh, so Max will go over to the investigation board. And uh, so we've got uh, DM for Duke Moritan. We have Dweberson's bookshop. Uh, now we have the tavern and the Sparrow's office. And uh, remind me, because it's been a few weeks what did we find inside the um, inside the safe? I remember it was under there was something underneath the the ash. You found a black crystal uh, and because you you rolled a natural 20 on your pickpocket against the guard uh, who's now in therapy <laughs> thanks to Doran um, and his toad. Uh, you also have uh, a potion that I think cures like any poison or disease or something like that. Oh, right. Keatome's ointment. That's right. Yes. Keatome's ointment. That's a good, good stuff. Um, so we've got the tavern, which now has a line to laboratory. We have Sparrow's office, which has a line to crystal. Um, so I guess we need to... F- we need to figure out where these bodies are coming from and what correlation Duke Moritan has to the social club of the Eternal Dawn because it's not a cult. Not a cult. <laughs> and um, why they would want a goblin's body if they want a goblin's body or why they want me dead and not murder the entire Waterdeep Detective Agency uh, in those instructions. And then he'll draw another line to the Dusk Man. And so we have the cults, we have the Dusk Man, we have the laboratory, we have uh, the one morgue in the South Ward. Uh, should we take a long rest? Should we sleep it off and then. Uh, head to the morgue in the morning to see if that's where these bodies are coming from. I like that. Ledger needs a rest. You could do a split up tomorrow morning. I think splitting up morgue and identifying the crystal would be a good split up. That would be 
safer. The other thought that I had is a curiosity shop could come in handy because of the crystals and... Right, but Panana is not Panana. <laughs> it's true. Panana is some weird demon. If there are demon. any others in the area. <laughs> she was still very amenable to everything that we needed. Was she, though? Maybe, maybe <laughs> not for you. <laughs> <laughs> Who fights in a curio shop, really? <laughs> Have you met me? So here's what we'll do. We'll we'll sleep it off. We'll take the night. Tomorrow morning, uh, Team Melee will go to the morgue, and Team Spellcaster will go discover what this crystal is. I like it because Casper's a spellcaster too. Yeah, it wasn't well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. All right, long rest. Great. Uh, long rest. You guys all uh, uh, sojourn back to your respective abodes um, and enjoy a long rest. Returning to the office the next morning, feeling refreshed. All of your spell slots restored. Your health back to maximum. Max, I would assume you're first to the office, yeah? I, w- I was sleeping there. You, you were sleeping there. So <laughs> you wake up, you pry yourself up from your cubby hole beneath your desk. Um, and through bleary, sleep-encrusted eyes, you make out that an envelope has been left taped. Waterdeep has got to have tape, right? Tape is not a modern invention. That goes... I would say maybe like tied, like with a string. Tied, stuck somehow. Affixed. The affixed Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah. Licking them and stick them. Affixed to the frosted glass window of your door. Um, and I think uh, that'll actually be where we end this episode. The discovery of this uh, letter upon your door. Um, not a great cliffhanger, but that's what you get. Hello, everyone. Jason, your producer here. Once again, we want to thank you for listening to the show. Over the past few episodes, I have talked about how we're living through very difficult times due to the pandemic, and now we're in even more difficult times for our black neighbors. It's time for all of us to stand up and show them that we support them and that we will follow their lead. If you don't know how to support from home, just search Black Lives Matter. There are a ton of great resources out there for everyone, from protesting to donations, live streams that you can watch, and books that you can read. Now is not the time for complacency. It's up to all of us to use our privilege and make change happen, because Black Lives Matter. As always, I need to thank the folks that helped make this show happen. Tabletop Audio is gracious enough to allow us to use all of their stuff royalty-free, and we really appreciate Tim for doing that. If you can support them, click over to tabletopaudio.com and jump into the Patreon. Subscribers get a ton of alternate tracks, and we use a lot of those on the show. Another thank you to bugbearbubbles.com, our very first sponsor. They have funded the hosting of this show. Uh, It's my friend Kat. She makes the world-famous gelatinous cube soap. I just got my Goodberry soap in. It's really fantastic. It smells amazing, and I really love it. Every time you wash your hands is an adventure with Bugbear Bubbles. And if you do grab a soap, let her know that you heard about it on Adventure They Wrote. We would really appreciate it. That's bugbearbubbles.com. 
that's it for us this week. As always, we really love being part of your podcast rotation. We hope that we can provide a little distraction from all of the stuff we're living through right now. But once again, we urge you, find ways to help. Be part of the bigger solution. Listen to Black Voices, follow their lead, and support where you can. Make sure that you are registered to vote. Black Lives Matter. Thanks again for listening, and tune in next time for more mystery.